Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. We're not talking sp- we're not talking space jam. What are we doing? We're where are you for real? Are you for rotten? This is Real Rotten the Podcast where you talk movies underneath 25% of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Nick Lyons. That's Steven Ramirez. We're here to talk about Spooktober. Boo! Sir, have you been drinking? Was tonight? there enough energy in that? Do I have to do I have to retake that with the energy? Or is that good? That's lovely information, sir. I'm gonna have to see your license and registration uh, as you are pulled over to the side of the road right now. This seems like some sort of uh, elaborate speed trap you have going here, Mister Officer. Well, you could be right. Then again, you could address me as Mrs. Officer. You can lick my balls, my name's Linda Capitan. We're gonna have a fight. Who? Oh. Wow. Would you ever run from the cops if for fun? Just because you thought you could? Uh, no, I would never run from the police. I uh, I respect the badge. Uh, Nick, would you run for the police in any in any sort of situation? I would never. I respect uh, authority in general. Uh, ask my mom. Ask my third grade teacher when she wrote on my report card. Very respectful. Also, rolls on the ground too much. But that that I worked on. That I worked on. I stopped rolling on the ground as much. You saw a doctor for that. Yeah, you can still. You just you, you can roll in the dirt a little bit. You know, just as long as you're not always rolling on the, the ground. The occasional seizure. Once yeah, in a while. occasional. Just just keep it to a mint. <laughs> but speaking of seizures. Speaking of seizures, we watched Nothing But Trouble, the 1991 feature film horror comedy. Uh, horror comedy released the day after Valentine's Day, but we're going to get into that. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. Why? Oh, the plenty of reasons. But we got a lot of stuff going on. First of all, we have a guest. We do. Please welcome Adam Kennedy. Adam, Adam, hello, 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 hello. Hey, folks, how are you? We're good. Good to see you, and good to see you with my ears. If You can't see me, I was going to say. That's what I said. That's why I saved myself. Yeah, thanks Thanks for that. Adam, longtime friend of the podcast, has was on a fresh episode, I believe, Uh Back in the day. Oh, it feels like ages ago with quarantine and everything. Yeah. I believe um, it was the Oscars, It right? was. It was the Oscars party. Wow. Um, we're looking forward to Real Rotten Oscars this year. Uh, the worst movies have a chance. This is the first year. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start gearing up for Oscar season right near the end. Of, they might uh, as well make us the Oscar hosts. Yeah. Because the best movies are, g- are not going to be that great. Exacto mundo. And that's where we come in. Yeah. So we're going to start some campaigns. Uh, if you have any idea for any campaign out there, Adam, if you have one, or if anybody, uh, if one of the 12 people listening to this have any ideas, let us know. We're going to get your yeah. Oscar campaign started. Has to be COVID-friendly, of course. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the virus it's will be gone Mostly, by yeah, viral is the campaign we're looking for, not virus. Viral, yeah, 2021 is the year of the good viral. We had the bad viral in 2020. Yeah. We need the good viral. Our goal is to win a very bad movie, one Oscar. Suicide yeah. Squad did it. Anybody can do it. Yeah. We're looking at you, Cats. Come on, Cats. Cats is elig- eligible. Was, Cats isn't last year. No, it's no, it's not. It it's doesn't count year. as last year. It doesn't. Does it? I think it might. Did it? We don't have a research department <laughs> today. The Fact Corner and the Fact Shack have burned to the ground. Uh, <laughs> and like we said in the last episode, post-fact society. Facts don't matter anymore anyway. Obviously. Uh, if if so, facto isn't even a saying anymore. No, no. Yeah. Just like quid pro quo. Yeah. Yeah. It's all fake Latin. <laughs> yeah. Pig Latin, if you would. <laughs> in, in meaning that, that it was Latin spewed by a pig. I get it. I get it. Uh, we're going to get to know Adam real quick with a game, a Spooktober-themed game called... Mm. Uh, what haunts your dreams? Uh, called Don't Give a Damn or Give a Damn. 
Don't, yeah. Give Adam. Give Adam or don't give Adam. Don't give Adam or give Adam. We're going to say uh, different Spooktober uh, themes, and you say whether you give a damn about them or don't give a damn about them. Okay. Do you... sounds, sounds like fun. Okay. <laughs> First up, we got ghosts. Ghosts in general. Uh, don't give Adam. Don't give Adam. Don't give Adam no ghosts. He don't, he, he don't want no ghosts. Does that him. mean you think that they're nothing or you don't think they exist? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, ghost movies just tend to suck in general damn. like you know i'm i'm that's kind of where i'm at with it like you know i don't don't give a damn about ghosts like they're not scary we need it's to do just... a ghost pot well movie. let me give you a little scenario there's you're you're doing some pottery all of a sudden you feel some reassuring uh some reassuring hands maybe wrap around you just a warmth and then you make a, a the best penis statue of your entire life then do you care about ghosts patrick swayze you know, I love Mr. Swayze, but I think the scariest thing about that is realizing it's actually Whoopi Goldberg who's holding you and not Patrick Swayze. <laughs> is that a conspiracy theory of ghosts? We'll talk, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it. Demi, Demi Moore is in this It movie. is Whoopi Goldberg in the film. Like, Patrick Swayze's channeling through her. Sometimes. It's like totally like, uh, like a lesbian scene. Like, Sometimes. You know? Okay. We'll oh, see. Steven, uh, you have a... Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, manufactured cobwebs. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, if anything, I, I don't, I guess I do give a damn because like, it's annoying. Like, <laughs> yeah. What would you rather have actual cobwebs? Yeah. yeah I mean, actual cobwebs are kind of cool. I'm a fan of spiders. Like, yeah, you know, spiders. material spewing from someone's thorax. Yeah. From some creature's thorax. Yeah. I get it. Italians think spiders are good luck, man. Like, you know, you, you shouldn't kill a spider. If Adam, are you home. Italian? Uh, poor, uh, like quarter. Oh, so, just like Nick. You know. Partial. Partial Italian. <laughs> hey, Partial, just hey, like Nick. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not looking at me, but I'm doing a gabagool. Gabagool. Kennedy from uh, the la- maiden uh, family from Sardinia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick? Uh, uh, werewolves, but the type of werewolves that uh, don't keep their pants on. That's really specific. That's oddly um, specific. Yeah. I, like... I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I, I, I like werewolves in general. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I give a damn about werewolves. Give I think Adam. we need more okay. werewolves. Give Adam some werewolves. He loves to be yeah. gr- grizzly murdered. Absolutely. Uh, popcorn balls. Um, I mean. They don't have to be colored, but they can be a color of your choice. I, I, I don't really care. I got to say. Okay. I, you know, I don't fair. give a damn. That's fair. That's fair. That's archaic candy. Just Get... like candy corn. Candy corn wow. is the next one. Wow. Yeah. yeah just candy corn's with... great in moderation. There like you go. <sighs> this like is drugs, what we've been saying. Alcohol, those types of things. Yeah. And, a moderate know. throw into a river. Yeah. We're a candy corn podcast, and we always have been and no. always will be. No. We're split just like those colors. <laughs> We're not split. We are a candy corn podcast. The red, white, and blue might as well be the white, uh, orange, and yellow. White, That's all we're saying. Wow. That's all we're saying. Waiting for that color There is change. such a thing as too much candy corn, though. Yeah. Well, it only takes one time when you, it's like too much Jägermeister. You, uh, yeah. you, you, you drink too much and you throw up that one time, and and then you know, you know your limit, which is exactly. one candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your last one, this not so much a Spooktober, but uh, just a creep, Forrest Gump. Do you give a damn about uh, Forrest wow. Gump? Wow, wow. I actually do. I thought Forrest Gump was a real person at one point. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You know the fucking so, vibes. Yeah, like, you know. <laughs> Stupid me, but yeah, I mean, it was like, holy shit. And then you get to an age where you realize 
this guy couldn't have known this many people. Like he's met two presidents. Like he's like, you know, one, like a college football championship. Won the medal of honor. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know, I wish Forrest Gump was a real human being. One of the, one of the forefront victims of the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. It's kind of oddly specific, oddly, oddly specific that he's in these little snippets of the 20th century Americana. Yeah. Now it's time for on too much of a tangent, but like, you know, what if Forrest Gump was like, you know, just, you know, like to make it kind of spooky. Like what if he was like a time traveler? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he does go to space in the sequel as well as have a homosexual relationship. So anything can happen. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, those are neither of those are actually surprising for Forrest Gump. If if I thought somebody was going to go to space, he would be on my list. He's like a guy that could do it. <laughs> he could withstand the G's and he could float around there and just be a I'd want a webcam on him at all times though. You know how that one uh Mark Kelly did a bunch of like things from space? I would just watch Forrest Gump just float around. He'd be like that dog in that gif. You could put him on public television. He yeah. could teach the children from space. I the, would watch him. Mr. Rogers of space. Yeah. Coglin's Law. Anything else is always something better. Fair words. Um, movie news. Yeah, well, the one movie news that we have is uh, uh, allegedly, this is a big allegedly, Space Jam 2 plot leaked. Can you read that? Can you read that, sucker? Can you read that? Can I read that? While you, while you look for the Space Jam 2 update, I have another movie news of my own. Daniel Kaluuya is doing a Barney movie, but this isn't, but not the Barney you're thinking of. He's doing a live-action Barney movie about the dark side, dark side of Barney. The first song he remembers as a kid is, I love you, you love me. But what happens when we don't love each other? That's his, that's his pitch, and it got picked up, and it's being made into a movie. Can you believe that? <laughs> I, I'm in. Yes. I'm in. I, I'd watch that tomorrow. I, I would go into a full COVID theater, a, a theater where somebody is coughing and we're not wearing masks, and I would watch that Barney movie. Is this the part of the, the news release of 50 Cent agreeing to produce bad movies because the movies that no one else wanted to make? Because that's a, that's, I feel like that's a 50 Cent production. That's a G-Unit production. I'm not going to put it past G-Unit to produce that movie, but it's going to happen, and uh, and we're in. It's, you said a lot of butts. We're a Barney podcast. That's you all I got to say. You said a lot of butts. The, uh, Adam, you aware the, the the leaked uh, Space Jam 2 plot? I am. I am. I've, I've read about it, and, you know... All right, so what are you, what are your fellows like without giving out too much, right? I mean, uh, yeah, the gist, the gist, we got a powerful... Uh, we have a powerful AI, I guess. Played by John, Don Cheadle, John Cheadle, yeah, Don Cheadle, uh, John John Deedle, uh, and then the the Looney Tunes help LeBron James uh, navigate through iconic movie scenes with characters as they reassemble the Looney Tunes to rescue lost son. I believe it should be Brawny. Uh, LeBron, <laughs> who's just high as balls, I don't in, know in the corner yeah, somewhere. <laughs> I don't know which which of the sons it is, but I'm guessing it's going to be Brawny. <laughs> <laughs> Le- LeBron of the Toons have to unravel uh, the character's mysterious plan to win an epic basketball game against digital gamified super versions of the NBA and WNBA's biggest stars as the entire world watches. Okay, Looney Tunes is Warner Brothers, right? Yes, a lot of Warner Brother movies. So Warner Brother movies, we're gonna we're gonna get down to we're gonna make a list. We know Pennywise is in it. Pennywise, that's, yeah, that's I was gonna say that Batman, Batman. Batman. Be there. Uh, Joker, and the Joker, yeah. 
Oh yeah, he's he's got to do the dance down the stairs and then shoot Robert De Niro in the head. Oh, <laughs> that's one of the simulations. Yeah, that's it. Except Daffy Duck is uh, the uh, Robert De Niro. That's the ro- yeah. No, yeah. Elmer Fudd is. Elmer Fudd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not funny. <laughs> Um, I don't know how I feel about like a Looney Tunes multiverse type deal. Yeah, because they're trying to do that that whole Spider Man, uh, the whole Spider Man deal that where everybody loves it. You know, I'm all for another Space Jam, but like another trip into like you know, how are these going to mesh together? Because like some things just don't go to go well together. Plot twist: Don Cheadle is actually Michael Jordan. Mm. There you go. If Bill Murray's in it, I'll watch it. Yeah, Yeah, he probably's not going to be in it. He's gonna be in it. Bill no, Murray's not doing anything. It's Kevin. What if it's <laughs> no, you pick up the phone? Oh, Bill if it's, it's Kevin Hart. If they replace <laughs> Bill Murray with Kevin Hart, we might have to boycott. Just keep Larry Bird. We have to boycott. Look, all you need is Larry Bird. Larry Bird's the greatest Muggsy comedic Bugs comic ne- relief. Muggsy Bugs needs to come back. Muggsy Bugs was a generational. Dead left shrimp. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what we have for okay, you. Okay, well that's movie news. But enough time, tangents. Time to get where we're get where we're going. Take a detour on the road to nowhere. We're going to nothing but trouble. Here, here's here's a little taste. Here's here's a here's just a little taste. Here's a little taste of that dog. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Demi Moore. All they wanted was a little getaway. Give me the keys, Mike. What is this place? Okay, let's eat. Hands on a log, man. How about a nice Hawaiian punch? All they got was nothing but trouble. Hey! Ah! PG-13, now playing at a theater near you. There you go. <laughs> That's nothing but trouble. All they got is nothing but trouble. A lot of visual gaps. That doesn't seem to be like a... Uh... A coherent sentence. It's a really bad title. It's all it's, they got was nothing but trouble. So before we dive right into it, I think that this movie suffers the malaise of a general title. Like having a general title like nothing but trouble doesn't really dive into the storyline. Really, I guess the 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 whole like mythos of what it could be because it's so bland. It's such a bland title. Like if the original title was Dan Dan Aykroyd, like he like he wanted it to be, it was, he wanted it to be Falconvania, which is the setting of the movie and you wonder what the fuck is Valkenvania and it already tries to hook hook a general audience in you know nothing but trouble somebody random came up with it was an exec move yeah yeah, yeah. It, was <laughs> yeah. A, it, was a, it was a literal executive decision future contender uh yeah <laughs> it was yeah. a guy with with severe diarrhea that day or or bad uh or hemorrhoids and he said man i've been having a lot of butt trouble and then they're like what and he's like uh nothing but trouble and then, Nothing boom, everybody was like, that's it, John. Yeah, that's exactly how it happened. You pay my... You Steven pay, Spielberg. You pay my, <laughs> yeah, Steven Spielberg. Thank you for the suggestion. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind ahead. of an overarching theme, though, like throughout the entire movie, like nothing but trouble occurs. True. Like, all of the decisions made, like it doesn't even matter if you're at the beginning of the movie, middle of the movie, even the end, <laughs> there's nothing but trouble. Demi Moore, Demi Moore literally says it in the movie, so there's, there's that as well. I did. I noticed that on the second time around. It it was it was pretty much baked into it baked into the script. Uh real rotten critical or real rotten critical rating consensus percentage five. Five five zero Rotten Tomatoes. Zero five. Gave it a give it a zero five. Zero five percent. Same as Troll Two. Same as Troll Two. Yeah. Yeah. It's surprising. I think it's ranked number uh twenty three on the all time bad 
horror movies list. Incredible. Do you think that this movie deserves to be five percent? Let's just let's let's talk about it. I'm kind of upset that we're not doing Troll Two. Well, we did it already. We already did ah! Troll Two. We actually we actually ended up doing all of our uh, all of the best ones because earlier this year. <laughs> truth be told, we didn't realize how bad 2020 would be. Such a hellscape for us to just dive into all the worst horror films of all time. Yeah, this is episode eleven fifteen hundred of the Isolation series, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, quarantine quarantine challenge is coming. By the way, we're getting we're gonna get into that. Yeah, audience percentage forty seven, which I think is fair. It needs to. I, I think that's fake. <laughs> I think it's fair. That that's been boosted later on. I feel like a lot more people hated it when it came when out. it came out. Yeah, I think it's got and the, then it's got that uh, late season boost from got, the, from the youths from the youths and the cable pull, the VHS pull, all that. Yeah, I, I saw a, uh, a saw a quote from uh, Ackroyd who said. Uh, the interviewer, who was a, a millennial, was like, I love love nothing but trouble. And he's like, well, um, uh, a lot of young people like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. And I, it must be an, one of those ironic uh, young people things. Ironic. I like that it's kind of, it seems like a different crowd than the Troll 2 crowd. Yes. It yes. seems like a, uh, maybe like a, a early DVD crowd, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it, it, was, it was full of effort. Troll 2 wasn't necessarily full of effort. This one, like, it went over budget. Like that one was like a bad movie. This one was like actually looks like a movie. It could have been. It could have been something maybe better if there were more experienced people behind it. But there's a reason why. Like Dan Aykroyd wrote, directed, produced, starred in this film. It's kind of hard to do all five things and and have a have a decent movie. We got never a Dan Aykroyd apologist over here. Yeah, hey, it's a quintuple. Hey, hey, might as well at Dan Aykroyd. We loved you in this movie. Terrible. Oh man. I mean, Dan Aykroyd's a weird guy. He yeah. is. Like, I mean, you know, just in general, like, you know, Dan Aykroyd believes in ghosts. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he gives a damn about ghosts. He's and, a, he, you know, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. That should have been the Ghostbusters theme. I give a damn I, about ghosts. I kind of <laughs> enjoy myself around spirits. <laughs> um, Real rotten blurb. There's nothing good and nothing but trouble. A grotesque comedy that is more likely to make audiences ill than make them laugh. That's a it's a fair, fair, it's fair. I felt ill as often as I left. That's true. There's maybe a couple sequences I it's didn't. It's probably like. like three to three. Just the dinner scene, I think, is the the yeah. Most it's really thing. looking at that hot dog. Looking at that hot dog ru- ruined me. You're gonna ruin hot dogs for as a, a person year. that loves. I love a I love a good hot dog. You know. That's more of a sausage. Yeah, it's it more of a sausage. Yeah, more well, of a sausage. They were they were dogs to him. Um, <laughs> Nick, what's your? What's Would you eat a gray sausage? I've had a gray sausage You've before, gray but sausage. those are like German, like worst. Yeah, you know, they're like, like knockwurst like, and shit. Like the German version of haggis. I guess. I mean, that's what a hot dog is. It's an American version of haggis. Uh, <sighs> Nick, what's your what's your little blurb? Uh, my guy Gleebs at uh, uh, Owen Gleiberman oh, said Gleiberman. He, he wrote sheer hell. Sure, hell. And, uh, that's it. It just really fit at the time that I read it. Yeah, yeah, that works. Vincent Camby from the New York Times uh, wrote a charmless feature-length joke about the world's most elaborate speed trap. Callback. <laughs> uh, Nate, you want to talk about Ebert, our guy, uh, Ebert? Adam, did you have a blurb? You guys just quoted my quote, actually. Uh, the charmless feature-length oh, joke nice. about the world's most elaborate speed trap. That was the one I selected. And Wow, we got two New York Times boys over here. Yeah, you, yeah. you guys are, I don't know, you're psychic or something. But yeah, no, <laughs> Adam, as a frequent collaborator with uh, with uh, law enforcement, do you, uh, do, why don't you elaborate on, on uh, how speed traps are or are not a thing? 
Um, I mean, I it's funny. Like, I was wondering why you guys chose me for this thing. Like, I wasn't sure if it was like, like for a lot of reasons, but like just in general, like it. it I'm from Sympathy. Philly, and the fact that the Jersey Turnpike is a character in this film, yeah, like try a good portion of it. What does he call it? Pencil New Jer- Jerseyvania, Jer- Jersey. Yeah, it's like the Bermuda Triangle of per- pencil of Bermuda. Rust Belt, the Bermuda yeah. Triangle of Rust Belt. Yeah. And so, like, it's kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, speed traps are definitely a thing on the East Coast. Um, I don't know, man. I it's kind of weird. Like, I was I found myself watching this movie the other night, and I'm like, man, like, we're really heavily relying on this like whole like you know backwoods pencil tucky type pencil scenario, where it's like, all right, you know, we're gonna go to this like time forgotten place, but you know, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I in terms of my collaborations, I have nothing to do with speed traps, but uh, I don't know cop interactions though, like that's kind of funny. Like the whole uh, use of force when they finally catch up to Chevy Chase, and there's like this uh, what a, his cousin, like John Candy's cousin in the movie, is like sitting there with like a fucking assault rifle. Yeah, <laughs> they're armed to the teeth. The, those yeah. cops. There ain't no defunding going on in Vulcanvania. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, Was this true that the Pennsylvania people? Do you have any experience in uh, in this area? Isn't that their specific area? Is this a specific area? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like that's the thing. It's like coal mining towns. Like that's yeah. definitely like a Pennsylvania thing. Like once you get into like upstate PA, like yeah, like Pit, like you know, Pittsburgh is. That's the other thing. Like Pittsburgh's like six hours away from Pennsylvania. Like yeah. you know, it's not close or not Pennsylvania, but Philadelphia. Um, it's not. They're not even close to each other. But yeah, you have these like kind of uh rust belt towns and like these time forgotten places where you know yeah they hate bankers apparently (laughs) of course they 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 took his land and and they took our land made it into stocks we're gonna get into that (laughs) oh they took my land philly cheesesteak anyway uh perfect perfect robert (laughs) robert ebert robert ebert yeah his brother roger ebert friend of roger uh, he he famously hated the movie so much that he refused to write a review for it after giving it one of his most emphatic thumbs down reviews ever on at the movies. I want to see that that video clip if there's where it's like emphatic where it's just him like forcing the thumb. I tried to find the video clip of him talking about it the first time, but I I did find uh watch the video of him talking about it in 1991's worst movies, mm. which also featured uh Hudson Hawk. Yep. Um, <gasps> How dare he! I know. Future contender. Uh, he also hated a bonfire of the vanities. Bonfire of the vanities, which is which we'll talk about later. We're gonna do that one day. But uh, he also said Ebert said that when he went to a weeknight showing of the film in 1991, the theater was almost abandoned except for him, a few lone adults, and several teenagers who were making loud, rude comments at the screen. Ebert famously went to the teens and asked them to be even louder so he didn't have to listen to the terrible movie anymore. <laughs> Can you imagine, Ro- what would you do if Roger Ebert uh, went to the same showing as you in like a theater? Would you, you got to say something to him at the end of it, right? Hey, you kids wearing your Frankie Says Relax and Pearl Jam <laughs> t-shirts. This movie sucks. I hope you make your Simpsons references and Married with Children references ever more present at the screen while I continue to eat my milk duds. That was yeah. Roger Ebert, uh, yeah. 1991. 1991, yeah. That's him with with the skateboard and the backwards hat, too. And he's just like, hello. I got this plastic skateboard <laughs> sponsored by my good friend, Toonie Hook. <laughs> I, would, I mean, 
Go, go ahead. Go, yeah. No, you, thoughts, you, you go ahead. I'm looking at pictures of Roger Ebert right now, and I'd be horrified if Roger Ebert came up to me and like asked me to do something. <laughs> Did you not know Especially who Roger like, Ebert looked like before this? Podcast? No, no, I, I remember fat <laughs> Roger Ebert, but oh, now I'm looking at like no. post cancer no, Roger no, no, Ebert. No, 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 oh no, 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 and he looks like the thing from Saul, man. Like <laughs> oh, it's no. pretty scary. Worse than that. Worse. Than yeah. That. Poor Roger. That would be horrifying. I'd probably get out of the theater and walk out just to, like, you know, based on that appearance. To but be f- I don't know. To be fair, he wouldn't use his voice. He'd use his computer uh, program, a la Stephen Hawking, at that time. So just, You uh, said that, so not I'm, me. I'm just letting you know. You wouldn't be hearing his voice. You'd be hearing a computer system, which I think would be less alarming. Uh, probably. And probably. he'd be at the bottom row in that uh, that the level now section. You're, now you're just doing, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Uh, what, this link you want me to click this link? No, no, no. That's that's what I was talking about. Oh, okay, cool. He didn't say anything too per uh, too too inflammatory. That's fine. That's typical, oh. Roger. E- Ebert's known for like those weird takes, though. Like he'll like you know like like something and then like hate something like on like uh, the turn of a dime, so to speak. So yeah, like you know like I I hate that we like you know deify him as like this great like movie reviewer and that type of thing where it's just like you know what fuck our Roger Ebert sometimes. Yeah, you know that's true. That's true. He uh, can sometimes take the piss. Thank God he added sometimes at the end of that. He, I know. I, I mean, <laughs> enemy of the podcast almost Adam made himself. Yeah, he that can. Was t- me as Yoda. <laughs> he can take the piss for sure, but he, uh, I mean, of all things, he he did write Return of the Valley of the Dolls, and he'll forever be known for that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, Gene Siskel's counterpart. Oof. All right, people. Uh, abridged Actors Director section. We're going to go through this pretty, pretty rapid fire. Obviously, the director we talked about, Dan Aykroyd, wrote this with his brother, Peter. Uh, numerous occasions, uh, mostly mostly an encounter with, like you said, a pencil tucky lawman. COVID. Uh, Peter's in the film too. Peter's in the film. He has a cameo as the doorman, doorman. Of, the, of the New York City place. He apparently has an Irish accent. I don't know who suggested him to have an Irish accent. He just <laughs> did. Uh, yeah, but this also uh, is in a, a a plot accumulated from a fever dream, apparently, that Dan Aykroyd had. Uh, most of the grotesque sequences and uh, characters that you meet were were characters that he met in a in a fever dream. Most importantly, the judge and the nuclear babies. Is that true? Yes, it's. I saw like three section. different uh, originations of this movie. One was that he got pulled over. That's Peter. Peter started the story of getting pulled over by a lawman in Pennsylvania. They had to. They were forced to go meet a justice of the peace at night just to get the ticket. It said. It said Dan Aykroyd's personal experiences, but yeah, maybe he was with Peter. Yeah. When they got pulled over and, yeah. and taken to a uh, court in the middle of the night. Yeah. Okay, but then I saw another thing that was what inspired this movie was one day Dan Aykroyd imagined his. We're skipping to the trip. Trivia really quick. What inspired Dan Aykroyd in this movie was one day he was imagining his friend John Candy in drag and burst with laughter. For several weeks, every time he imagined that image, he would burst out in laughter. So Dan Aykroyd (laughs) decided to write a movie where Candy would play a woman. He thought of the plot later. (laughs) That can't be true. That's somebody being fucking troll on IMDb. It could be. Yeah, it could be a troll. Could be a troll, but but I believe it. Shoot, I love that idea. Um, editor, though, we need to bring this up. Dean Cundy, who's famous uh, for working on oh, Dino, Big Dino, worked on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh well, who did? Oh, I love that. It was judge. It was the judge. We're gonna oh another, another evil judge. <laughs> wow, Dean, you, you really don't like the law. Um, actors in this film: Chevy Chase, Dem- Demi Moore, Taylor Negron, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Valerie Broomfeld, 
Uh, Raymond J. Barry, return role, Brian Doyle Murray. So Raymond J. Barry, surprising. I for- totally forgot he was in this movie, even if it's only for 30 seconds. I know. And then Taylor they, Negron. They, they got some kind of heavy hitters for the very end of this movie Yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. But Taylor Negron, our Taylor, guy. Taylor Negron. Our we guy. are a Taylor Negron podcast. Yeah, straight out of uh, Biodome, Viva Los Biodomes. Yeah, and my guy from uh, Sweet Life with Zach and Cody or something like that. He's on one of those shows. He's on one of those shows. Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield. Um, yeah. That's really what I remember from. Why don't you bring up your other trivia moment? Because uh, it's part of the cast. Tupac Shakur, film debut. Uh, well, in the credits, he was Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur. All spaces. Yeah, all spaces. Uh, he was a member of the of the Digital Underground. Yeah, that was back in the day. It was yeah. in 1991. This is, he was 19 years old. Can you believe that I just listened to the, uh, this come up in the recommendations, but I just listened to the slow burn on Biggie and Tupac. Oh, wow. And uh, he was 26 when he died. Yeah. Yeah, not even 27. It's something I forget about every single time. Not part of the 27 Club. That's probably a, a famous fact about the death of a... But yeah, 19 Park. years old making his film debut. I thought he, he looks good. He looks... He's he's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, release date, February 15th, 1991. So the only reason I wanted to bring this up, the only reason it's a February release, test screenings, hated it. <laughs> uh, they had to do they had to do reshoots. They had to tone down the violence. They had to cha- basically change the plot to make it more... Uh, more audience-friendly, quote-unquote. So it was going to be a Christmas release. They pushed it to February 91. It was going to be on Christmas they were going to put this movie out there? According to IMDb. Okay. I mean, I guess. (laughs) IMIG. Where are you more likely to see this movie? Probably... This is a this is an October movie. This is an October, early October, yeah. maybe even late September movie before so you can beat like the real October movies out there. Cause you're like a horror comedy, right? So like now's your chance to you're you're the alternative for a lot of people looking for a scary movie but don't want too scary of the a title movie. was changed in December nineteen ninety to nothing but trouble. Wow. I'm going to say late October, early November. This seems like a Thanksgiving movie to me because think about it. You have travel. Travel's involved, right? Uh, yeah, and there's yeah, yeah. like the whole like getting pulled over, like out of state and, and so on and so forth. And then you have the dinner scene. Yeah. The film. Yeah. Here's the here's the here's I think the official. You, you might be on something. Uh, the the film's release was delayed to recut the film for a PG-13 rating, removing the film's over the top violence and the studio rescheduled. uh Bonfire of the Vanities, uh, which is another Warner Brothers vehicle, to the Christmas release originally held by Nothing But Trouble. So back-to-back fucking winners for Warner Brothers. They went with Bonfire of the Vanities, <laughs> which we have to talk about on the podcast because it is one of the greatest flops in Hollywood history. Yeah, we we're. I was trying to maybe sneak it in during this 90s on 90s. Uh, this is episode 98. It would have been good. But, good. Uh, but it would have been a laborer. It would have been a labor because I tried watching that movie once. Could not. I could not. I could not get through that movie. But more, I could get through this movie. Yeah, more of a bonfire of the dumpster. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> it was worth the wait. It wasn't worth the wait. You're gonna hear that joke. You're gonna hear that joke again when we do it on Bonfire to the Vanities. <laughs> uh a rating, like we talked about, PG thirteen. Could have been better as an R movie, yes or no? Adam? Oh, absolutely. I think you, uh, if you're going to like, this movie feels like it like didn't know what it wanted to do as like, you know, it's PG 13. So like, yeah, you're going to get like the, you know, the teenagers who can't get into the R movies or aren't smart enough to sneak into the R movies. who just want to like make out and that type of thing. 
uh, which is why, probably why Roger Ebert approached them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, wow, besmirching Ro- <laughs> Rod. Roger's <laughs> turning over in his grave right now. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like they could have doubled down on it. Like, it's funny too, like, you know, the, you know, I'm all for, uh, a little TNA every now and then, like in my, my films. And I feel like this movie is like a total cock tease with Demi Moore. <laughs> uh, and, and like, it's like from the moment, like, you know, it's like Chevy chase comes down after his like party in the morning and he's hung over and he's talking to Dan Aykroyd's brother. And he's like, ah, <laughs> oh, just like, you know, Oh God damn it. Like I just, I need some sleep. And I think we've all been there at some point in our lives. And then like, she comes down and she's wearing this thing and like, you know, I don't know. It's like, she's like this total like object of sex throughout this movie. And, and you don't really, uh, there's no payoff furthermore with like, yeah, you get the gross stuff, but you don't get like that whole, like, you know, the whole, what is it? The bone bone ripper, bone, Mr. Ripper, bone, right? ripper. bone stripper, bone you know, stripper, bone stripper. You, you get through you you see this like elaborate setup yeah. right there's these elaborate like you know crazy mousetrap style setups to these yeah. this house and there's no blood and guts mousetrap uh, future contender uh the <laughs> Nathan <laughs> video <Lane>. game <laughs> no mouse hunt you're thinking of <laughs> yeah mouse hunt. mouse hunt is a great film and it i is. will fight anybody who says otherwise i'll i'll, I'll agree with yeah. you on that that is not under 25% so sorry that, that is yeah it's it's great um we're not talking about it but i i just i feel <laughs> the need to to say that that movie is is lovely that is a it's a I treasure see, which, which like, features an old unique victorian house <laughs> filled with yeah. all sorts of shenanigans yeah 42 percent yeah not quite gore verbinski man gore verbinski. gore verbinski knocking it out yeah. god we are we are a gore verbinski podcast gore we verbinski. got a lot of ups, <laughs> we got a lot of ups and downs i'm here to like tell him. you gore verbinski's mise-en-scene is unparalleled <laughs> and i will be on adam's corner vouching for him all right we're gonna get into it. It's good. It's a good. It's a good film. And yes, I agree. His his uh, technical mastercraft of uh, how to set up a frame <laughs> is wonderful, uh, and all of his gags. And and you know, do even have a you know, oh, what's his name, Nathan, uh, Nathan Birdcage? Lane. Yeah, Nathan Lane. Uh, you know, Nathan Lane is a phenom in that movie. He's great. So, he he, yeah. he loves and hates the mouse, and I can feel it. Yeah, I exactly. Can feel it in my plums. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we've all been there before. If you've had a rodent problem, you've been Nathan Lane. So, much like Mouse Hunt, uh, this movie as well is uh, about an hour and a half at ninety-four. <laughs> hour and a half, ninety-four. <laughs> Sorry lo- to go on my, my no, thing, you know, it's yeah, perfect. No, no yeah, yeah, it's uh, R-rated though. Uh, it should have been R-rated. Should've I, been I really R-rated. do believe that. Yes, yes, you agree, Dick? Oh, totally. Okay, good. The the payoff on like the the one real murder that you see on camp i bet a pg-13 now w- could have a pretty good like at least a little bit of a bone splitter scene even in it stripper bone stripper bone stripper i remember bone stripper <laughs> <laughs> the year uh, was 1991 look i i agree with you um, I just wished I wanted to see multiple angles of uh, <laughs> said Baldwin brother getting uh, getting uh, stripped, getting bo- getting his bones stripped. Yeah, Danny, Dan- ba- Danny, Danny Bald, Danny Baldwin, Danny Bald. <laughs> you want to talk about typecasting? By the way, having a Baldwin character getting a DUI on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, guys, yeah. looking like a grease ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is before he found Jesus. Yeah, no, Jesus. no, Stephen Baldwin, Daniel Baldwin. I think uh, is still well, a problem. But, 
Okay, I like that. Then he's yeah. like fully committed. Then yeah, he's the older. He's the older brother. You don't. He don't give a shit. <laughs> um, tags. There's only one real tagline in this film. It's uh, all they wanted was a little getaway. All they got was nothing but trouble. Really bad. That was that was written by a studio. It's one of the few taglines where it's okay being in the movie because like having the movie title in it. Because it, you have to, because it's already a saying, you know? It's not like you're forcing it in there, but I if guess. you have the name Nothing But Trouble, your tagline kind of has to have it. I mean, if it was the, if, if, if the original title stayed, you could do the tagline, Welcome to Balkanvania, and that'd be good enough. Yeah, people would be like, oh, wow, I can't wait to take my kids to this cartoon movie. This grotesque PG-13 <laughs> movie. I mean, that's what could happen. Yeah, it is Chevy Chase. Uh, well, it's good that you brought that up because I feel like this is something I wanted to say. Like this movie feels like a fucking Disney ride, like oh, yeah. like with the house itself and like all of these trap doors and like weird like things like between like, you know, again, like the bone crusher and like all this other stuff. Like it feels like, you know, kind of the haunted mansion before the haunted mansion and like, yeah. you know, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I wanted Pirates more of the house of that needed to be yeah. more of a prominent. Character. Yeah, you're totally right. In a, in a different world. Uh, I saw a tweet today that was like, if you could make a theme park out of any uh, movie, what would it be? And it's just now it's just like nothing but trouble. That house would be a pretty solid theme park. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a good world. White trash, white trash, well, the white world trash of, world, basically. The world of Volcanvania, where you're living <laughs> under like volca- a volcano, coal mine, <laughs> swamp, treatment plant. Yeah. You, a lot of cool things. Yeah. A lot t- of interesting things. Touch weird sausages. Touch weird dogs. Have some good dogs. The yeah. way they used to make them before night games. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You would get, you would, you would get like a speed ride before. Where you're in the car and you're going too fast and yeah. everybody's like, whoa, yeah. and then you get arrested and then you're taken to jail. And then that's when it's like, choose your own adventure. Okay. There's some, there's some, there's some stuff here. This is like Avatar land, but for people with a taste. Yeah. 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 With some, a little have bit of culture. Been, have you been to Avatar land? No, I want to. Oh, I want to. fuck. I mean, it's in Florida. It's really hard to get oh, there. Oh, it's in Florida. Yeah. It's really hard to get there. I'm never going back to Florida my entire life. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's a good choice. It smells like, it smells like a swamp. All of Florida. But I might go to Avatar Land. Adam, would you be uh, uh, up for the Avatar podcast where, where you and me watch <laughs> Avatar every single week until the new Avatar comes out? Avatar? It's my favorite thing about that movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> pronouncing it during the Oscars. Um, <laughs> the winner is Avatar. <laughs> That's, uh, um, yeah, I, 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 funny story about Avatar. I uh, went to go see it in IMAX 3D and literally out. like ran, it was sold out everything. And, you know, like during the previews, ran outside, propped the door open, smoked the J and had a wonderful time <laughs> yeah. in Avatar. Wow. wow. That, that's the way it should be experienced, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah, that's how I did it, except I pulled, uh, I had to wipe something off and I pulled a blanket that was rolled up in the car out quickly to wipe myself off we hid the pipe in the blanket and i had forgotten about it oh no yeah so we we smashed my my uh friend's friend of the podcast you know who you are i i smashed his (laughs) i I smashed his pipe and then i had to feel kind of bad about it for the first 15 minutes of the movie because i was like oh watching is that a drive-in what were you doing (laughs) you're in the parking lot (laughs) heading into the movie 
I was blown away. Loved Avatar. Big Avatar. Yeah, exactly. Then you forgot about it. Yeah, then you're like, okay, that was something I'll never think of again. Now I'm on this weird-ass planet with, like, dinosaurs, (laughs) and I'm, like, you know, having sex with the dinosaurs and connecting with them. And, you know, and what happened to Sam Worthington? When's the last time We got to know. We got to know. I've been waiting six years for this. I'm just excited for the people that did start an Avatar podcast. I'm just thinking of the people that started an Avatar podcast after Avatar came out, and now they've just been filling time, and they have no choice but to fill time for like two more years. Yeah, at right, least they're going to get nine more. They're going to yeah. get nine more Avatars. Sure. sure they are. You sure they are. You keep telling them that. Anyway, um, anyway. yeah. Taglines. Uh, Taglines. What do you got? I got stay out of the Rust Belt. Okay. Spooky enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Mine's a, the speed trap from hell. That works. <laughs> that works. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't the tagline. Adam, you got one? Dan Aykroyd lost the bet between his brother. <laughs> what it do, baby? Like, honestly, that's the only way I feel like this movie got made is that, like, Dan Aykroyd and his brother were probably in that car getting pulled over and having to go to, like, this, like, night judge and shit. And they were probably high on cocaine and, like, drugs and, like, booze. And they were like, fuck, man. And then, like, his brother's like, you know what? If we get off, you got to make a movie about this. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm having a fly experience here. You know that? I'm serious. That's probably how the movie got on, made. Honestly, that's you should put that into IMDb and see if they accept it in they the will. trivia section because I think that's right. That nine out of nine right. people will find that useful, guaranteed. That's just putting all the stories together, yeah, into one, and then putting in the crucial element of uh, Dan Aykroyd was probably not okay. Chris Farley was there. He's also suggested <laughs> that uh, he should he should have John Candy. <laughs> dream about yeah his story every time that he's like how i came up with this movie just gets more elaborate away from him and his brother just doing drugs getting pulled over (laughs) yeah it's really just yeah it's really just a drug-induced journey um all right i mean the the recap we can do this in a minute i feel like it cost 40 million and made 8.4 wow we didn't even bring up the budget because it was that bad yeah oh man not great oh man uh pot keywords are pretty fun too adam don't think of anything. Now just think of these five words, these five things. Old man, redneck, judge, escape, chase. What movie are you what movie are you thinking of? Deliverance. I... <laughs> Absolutely. Deliverance. Yeah, I think that has it has to be deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> no wait, no wait, I got it. Airbud. <laughs> okay, there is it. There's, there's an old man. Oh my god. There's a redneck, there's a judge, <laughs> there's an escape, and there's a chase. <laughs> How is this not airbud? <laughs> Holy shit. It needs to be redneck clown. That's what it needs to be. Yeah. I mean my cousin Vinny too though. <laughs> uh, ooh, wow. Yeah. Well, what's the chase? Who are they chasing? Oh, I don't know. I feel like, you know, like there's cars involved in that movie. <laughs> there's yeah, there's, there's like, a posi track involved. There's also like the thrill of the chase. You ever heard of it? Pontiac Tempest. The Chase of Truth. That's what they were kind of to go for. Yeah. In, uh, Not in a stupid fucking game show called the Chase. It's a great Charlie Sheen movie. The Chase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Henry Rollins. Yeah. yeah. He robs a story with a, ca- a story with a candy bar. Yeah. They have sex uh, going 99 miles an hour. It's insane. Both those guys? In the car. While, while Charlie Sheen is driving, he has sex in the car while, while he's being high-speed chased by the police. It's that kind of movie. Wow, it's the original and, Crank. And yeah. Flea is in it as well. Oh, Flea yeah, Flea's in it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people. Henry Rollins. That's about it. That's my tribute to, f- tribute to Flea. <laughs> 
podcast. He's a he's a man of culture. Way. I'll say that. Um, like please taste the movies. Nick, bring up your trivia before we get into it. Uh, we actually already talked about most of the trivia. The um, oh, uh, not about how Chevy Chase was verbally abusive to everyone <laughs> on set and tried to speak to Demi Moore's uh, on Demi Moore's behalf about her skimpy costume. Um, crew was he furious at. Yeah, of course. It's Chevy Chase. Wow. Please be real. A uh, crew was furious at Chase's treatment of Ackroyd, with one crew member even threatening to drop a brick on Chase's head if he ever spoke to the director like that again. Yeah. So here comes my existential uh, question. Is Would you rather make a movie where you spend, let's say the movie is two months long shooting. You have the best two months of your entire life, and you make one of the worst movies of all time. Or do you have a pretty terrible two months, and you make like an enduring decent movie which would you rather have what, what do you mean decent though like it's well received uh, by audience critics both let's go award winning like well received but easily forgotten but if it's a bad movie it's it's remembered but for being so bad but remembered yeah because it's bad i mean we talked about this already on the podcast for the movie called strange wilderness <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah i think the i think the former is, is way stronger than the latter like you always you, choose a movie that lasts you, you always can... want to be remembered no bad press no 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 press all press, press is good is, press. All press is good press. All press is good press. That's all what my dry press. cleaner used to say, and I was like, hey, you got it. It's <laughs> grandpa with your dry cleaning joke. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Your grandpa ran a dry cleaner. My grandpa know. had nothing to do with that dry cleaner. It's on record. Wow. I didn't realize you guys felt this way about dry cleaning. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. My thing is, is like, I feel like, again, like, would you guys even have a podcast at this point if like there weren't bad movies, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, like that's kind of a thing. I, well, I agree that it's nice to be like remembered and like to be like, all right and mediocre. But it, it's funny, like I, I specifically like when Nick brought it up to me to like, you know, come on and talk about this film, like, uh, and here's my little bit of trivia. This movie was like always on, like when I was like fucking eight, yep. five Five to eight years old on yep. HBO. Yep. I remember it always being on fucking home box office. And yep. I don't know what the deal was, why it always was. I remember like going to like my uncle's house who was like more well off than we are and could afford HBO and like just always seeing it on television. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit, this movie's like fucking constantly on. Yeah. And it was always like <laughs> It was always on HBO. I don't know, like before they got like you know the it's not TV, it's HBO thing. It's always it's not TV, it's not HBO, or no, rather it's HBO, but it's also you know uh, we got whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean HBO has <laughs> always been known for that. HBO is part of part of Warner Brothers, so it makes sense that it'd be on that heavy rotation. I yeah. used to see it all the time on on HBO or Cinemax or one of those the annals of of digital premium cable. But you'd also think about I I think I saw this movie on standard cable more than di more than like premium cable like I saw this a lot on like TBS TBS is what I was thinking like like Comedy Central <laughs> I want to say movie. I want to say like yeah TNT TBS like is like TBS... these are the early mornings super late at night movies that they would just throw throw at you like here's this or here's here's Remo Williams or here's a uh, uh, here's this. Here's not three men and a baby, but three men and a little lady. You don't want to see the first movie. We'll just show you the second. Like, yeah, I get you, Adam. This, Adam, this is childhood. To me. Where do you stand on this movie? We haven't even asked. Do you like it? 
Uh, I mean, I like the house. The house is the <laughs> most fair. interesting character in the film. That would be my other tagline. Like, I... The house is the best part. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the, the over overview of the film, but I, I do ask the audience, as well as Adam and Nick, to, to review the movie strictly based on dialogue alone, because 85 to 95% of the script was improvised. So, so just just know that a little oh, bit of a tidbit of trivia that I didn't want to bring up, but I'll bring it up now. Taylor Negron and, and his sister counterpart, the 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 Brazilianaires, uh, they they took their own characters and made their own dialogue and approached Dan Aykroyd and said, "Hey, we we made our own dialogue for each scene. Can we just do that?" And Dan Aykroyd said, "Sure." Like it's br- <laughs> that's brilliant. That's what I was getting at with this. Uh, would you rather? Yeah, <laughs> love having two months. Because everybody said that they loved uh, working with so much with Dan creative Aykroyd. freedom. Dan and Aykroyd was just ran wild, but he's taking too many choices from everybody. Where he was just like, "Hey, you! I heard that idea. You just said you want to put teeth on top of the person's head instead of in their mouth. Let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> and then everybody's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah, he was a very yes man. Everybody he was hyped except for uh, Chevy Chase. Very yes forward, and Chevy Chase was was there for the paycheck. Um, recap, real quick. Chevy Chase, bit guy in finance, brings the Brazilianaires along with Demi Moore. I don't know why they have to go together to Atlantic City. That was let's never talk, brought up. Yeah, let's talk about like them going to Atlantic City. Does I, it make any sense? It makes zero sense. That's what we have to talk about. That there's no reason on how they meet. Like when they meet in the elevator for the first time, they apparently don't know each other, and they live in the same New York affluent building. The beginning of this movie is the most ridiculous part of this movie because the setup is so ridiculous setup's for the insane. rest of this movie. Setup's insane. They're forced to go because Demi Moore is a lawyer, and her client is selling uh, property to be a landfill. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't pay any... So no, sh- no, but like, but she's like sexually involved with that client as well. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, I yeah. never picked that up. Yeah, she's, yeah she's, trying to, she's trying to get back at him to an extent. Yeah, she's trying to break up with a guy and go do it. She just constantly tells Chevy Chase that you don't have to go. I'll just drive your car and fuck this guy up. Yeah, literally. She said that all the time. Yeah, she said it more than one time where she was like, "I'll drive." Chevy Chase got a state of the art, state of the art uh, Knight Rider BMW, so wants to go test it out (laughs) with a brand new GPS. Lord knows what satellite that's connected to. I want to say that's connected to like the NSA or something because he had excellent (laughs) GPS service for 1991. Uh, The Brazilianaires tag along because they want to visit the countryside of uh, Pennsylvania. You take that away, Adam, (laughs) to see how beautiful that countryside is. Oh Um, my God, that's. (laughs) Ridiculous. <laughs> you said that is in, in, in and of itself like the most ridiculous plot line. Like I'm like watching them. And they're like, oh, let's pull over somewhere. I'm like, you would never do that. We want to see the youngling brewery. Uh, they didn't even pull over. Yeah, they didn't even pull over. They they go by a crazy town known as Vulcanvania. Uh, they fall they fall into a speed trap, and, and the cop pulls them over after an extended speed chase, and they get like like we said earlier, assault rifles pointed at them. Um, and the cop turns out to be John Candy, uh, pulls Chevy Chase out of the car. <laughs> Chevy Chase tries to bribe him. They they make him stay and be presented in front of the judge, which so happens to be his grand great great grandfather, uh, who is the justice of the peace of Alcanvania, and he remands them uh, for the night and. And they try to escape his clutches and his wrath because there's zero tolerance in Vulcanvania for anything anything out of the ordinary. Yep. Okay. 
and they escape. <laughs> Do they escape? They escape. They, they tell escape. the they, they tell the, they tell the state authorities. Um, they tell the state authorities. They come back. They raid Vulcanvania. Turns out the state authorities knew them all along. But while they're there, the coal mine that is on top of Vulcanvania uh, uh, collapses and everybody dies. And Chevy Chase and Demi Moore escape. But then while they're looking on the news the next day about it all, uh, the judge is alive and says, we're going to come uh, visit uh, my son because get get this during the whole movie. Chevy Chase wedded into that family. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That was Yeah, that was it. That was short and brief, just like we said it would be. Yeah. Shortish. Yeah, shortish. I yeah, mean, it yeah, got yeah. pretty much to the point. This point is 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 they they get trapped and they're trying to escape this 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 mansion, this mansion with the creepy old lady and a crazy family, to a la Texas Chainsaw ish, sans violence, but still gross <laughs> and still funny in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, are you for real scenes, uh, Adam? We talked about this. We talked about the elevator scene. We we talked about this not really having a setup plot linear plot necessarily adam do, what do you think this movie had a plot yeah i mean the plot pretty much ends at the speed trap like yeah. you know it's like all right like you know we're hoity-toity new yorkers we're out and about and we get like stuck in this nowhere town and you know from there it just kind of goes crazy i mean think about it like digital undergrounds in this movie like, <laughs> yeah this is like you know like this is like totally like kind of it's it's a product of its times though like this is like the start of weird 90s movies and having to incorporate all of these other things yeah it's like let's make a movie but like let's also throw in all these other things let's like, have fun of... while we make a movie they like yeah. just discovered vertical integration the guy that came up with oh, like yeah. vertical integration is it vertical or horizontal no vertical vertical yeah Somebody somebody discovered that and they're like, shit, we should have everything in our movies just like hit all of the points. That yeah. is uh Yeah. Two right? thousands was all about horizontal integration. That was that was a big <laughs> business merger. It's it's kind of crazy. This movie's like the Adams family before the Adams family in a way, too. Like if you were to think about that. Yeah. Um, in the sense that like, you know, the Adams family had like a rap tune in, in it. Two or of whatever. Them. You had Womp yeah. Adams Family, and then you had uh, Adams Family um uh, it was by MC Hammer. We should know this. Is the right? Adams, it was the Adams family. <laughs> boo doo 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 no, doo no, doo. Nope. Clap 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 clap. Snap snap snap. <laughs> Adams family. Adams Groove by by MC Hammer. Sorry, the Adams Groove. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah it wasn't the Adams fun, dance. It was the Adams Groove. Fun um, fact: yeah. Did you guys know that Digital Underground? One of the members is from Berkeley, California. Yeah, it's Humpty, Jimmy right? Chopmaster. Uh, I'm just yeah, like uh, also, I'm surprised we're not. Yeah, we're not talking about Digital Underground enough, guys. We well, need to talk about them more. They're we're, not already for real. They're the real good moment. Yeah, that I was gonna say. <laughs> the best part of this movie was the music. So the v- version we watched had no music the first time. Yeah, because copyright because of YouTube. Yeah. Boo. But Popcorn then you time, fellas. Yeah, but then YouTube. Yes, <laughs> because I uh, I just went back and watched the scene later on youtube just the, just the scene itself yeah just yeah. the scene itself where the song is legit it's great and the vibe is there what if they made a whole movie of like this like odd ass uh like digital underground coming i really wanted them and as like, the score what if that's the type of movie that you like if humpty hump did the score man this movie <laughs> would be 20 times better Freaks in the industry, come on! If if you paid them to write a song called "Nothing But Trouble," it would be a very good song. There's no fucking way that song ends up being bad. Yeah, I agree. What's weird is also like Dan Dan Aykroyd's relation to music because like Dan Aykroyd was in the "We Are the World" video. He is. <laughs> like, he is. He sings in it because he's a blues brother. 
Yeah. Well, then that's a whole other thing. You think about Blues Brothers, like Dan Aykroyd, like his relationship to music is like such like a big thing. And yeah. uh, like the fact that like the music in this movie, it's like, you know, yeah, you get digital underground for a minute. But, you know, it could be. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Dan Aykroyd is jack of all trades, master of none. He knows so many things about so many so many subjects, yet he is not a master in any subject whatsoever. He owns a vodka company. He has he has a stake in in Patron. He believes in aliens and ghosts, like you said before, Adam. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a producer, a family man. He's a comedian. He's he's an improv guy. Man, he's he knows so much shit, but yet cannot direct out of a wet paper bag. Allegedly, modern Renaissance man. But not good at directing. Yeah, Mo- yeah. Modern media renaissance. Would you rather be uh, pretty good at lots of things or very good at w- one thing? What would be the one? Mm. <laughs> what would be the, the one, one thing, thing is? <laughs> yeah, that's the question. Yeah, the one thing is uh, knowing movies under twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, the movie is knowing dog breeds. I know. Jack, I'd rather be the jack of all trades. I'd <laughs> yeah. rather be jack of all trades, so that that I have that ego of saying like, "Oh, I know a little bit about this. Let me let me drop some." Oh yeah, you want to mansplain? Yeah, that's, I want to yeah, mansplain that's every your one every goal. human <laughs> and dog. Um, we got to talk about the judge. We got to <laughs> talk about the judge. Yeah, that's the Dan Aykroyd. You talked about the part. The beginning part of the plot is terrible, but. How old is this guy? How yeah. old is this judge? <laughs> this judge, this the other side of this plot. So He's talking about like, fiefdoms. <laughs> so there's the speed trap plot. That's like a wholly different, totally different movie where like Chevy Chase and uh, Demi. If you tell me Chevy Chase and Demi Moore and two Brazilians in the backseat are going to Atlantic City, I'd be like, this would be what the last movie. are happening in New York, Atlantic City. This would be the last city I would uh, movie I would think about if yeah. you told me that beginning. Yeah. But, yeah. but the other bad part is... Wherever was he? Was this like a timeless house where he couldn't grow old? Is he like a hundred and he's like a hundred? He's over a hundred years old because he allegedly yeah. fought in World War One and it was ninety one and he was <laughs> over twenty years old when he fought in World War One. So he had to been born in eighteen ninety. So he could have been yeah, well over a hundred. Yeah, but it, it felt like another world where they should have gone farther. But they it, like but that. but also the the allude to the fact that he can't he can't be that young because he's talking about. Fiefdoms and Magna ain't, Carta, yeah, yeah, the Magna Carta. That made, him, that made me think that he might be, uh, he might not die if he he stays in this area. Yeah, because there's he like survives whole, the entire film. There's a whole sci-fi plot about. He survived this. the first death, the first first assassination attempt, and the second assassination attempt. So, so he could be he could be a demon for all we know. Uh, Adam, any other thoughts before the judge? Uh, before we bring in uh, his good parts. Um, uh, I don't know, like uh. I, I love the character of the judge and like, you know, it's definitely Dan Aykroyd hamming it up quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, doing his thing. And I, I'm a big fan of baloney. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of dig the judge. Uh, the, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but the whole prosthetics thing, like I remember like I double taked at one point in the screen, like, <laughs> like during the dinner scene, like you're looking at his nose and his nose looks like totally like a penis. <laughs> That's the best joke in the movie. It I really didn't even is. notice it until the second time watching it. <laughs> it happens twice in the movie. There's once at, at the, the dinner en- scene. At the very end. Yeah. <laughs> the very end I saw it at the very end. The on, 
I didn't see it at the dinner scene, and then I saw it at the very end on the rewatch, and I was like, It was like, Timmy oh, Chase does the double I, take. I think that's one of the 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 finer points of this movie in, in regards to its subtle comedy. The, the subtle comedy in this film film is is really underappreciated. The fact that they had this prosthetic penis joke just just as a throwaway joke just just goes to show you like the length Dan Aykroyd was willing to go for for a good laugh, and it was a good laugh. They did feel like a skit movie. Yeah, yeah, very Monty <laughs> Python ish. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Uh, but first, uh, the, the real good moment I wanted to get into specifically, obviously, are the judges' one-liners. Nick, we're gonna do it real quick, act it out. You're reading, you're reading Chris's lines. Okay, uh, Alvin, I was just thinking you've got enough vintage steel around here to make a few thousand Toyotas. Ever think of selling the whole place to the Japanese? There you go. Does the Pope wear a hat? Was Sergeant York's mother an angel? And <laughs> will a banker grope for money? I'm not a banker. I'm a financial publisher. Well, I know it's in 17 after they shipped me out to fight. Some New York financier rolled in here one day and hog lodged a tub wankle my grandfather into mining out the whole town in exchange for shares in something called the United Coke Company. You know what these stock certificates are worth today? Just about the finest outhouse wallpaper you ever seen. We were forced to become what you drove through today. A burnout coal field in the biggest hidebox graveyard this side of Ohio Foundry Belt. That's why I never let a banker go. Just like tub wankled and hog clousered, <laughs> and then, and then used as the finest outhouse wallpaper you've ever seen. Um, yeah, just great. Just that great. Good. Great I, little zingers. Is it tub wankled? I thought it was tongue. Tongue wankled? Yeah. It could be. Could be tongue wankled. That's what I got the, when I heard it. I put it in my best like, quotes. Like a tongue wagging? <laughs> yeah. No, I guess, like, you know. Oh, okay. oh. yeah. Rankling. Wrinkle up there. Wrinkling. Uh, who made it work and who didn't uh, work for you, Nick? I'm going to say Digital Underground. Okay. Tupac's debut. He did great. He didn't do much, but he did great. And uh, the special effects were pretty great because the, they were all practical. So yeah. That's, that's something to say. That's, that's your vibe right there. Something that's, to say. Practical ass effects. Then practical effects. Please, please. We are a practical effects podcast. Whatever. And uh, the one-liners from I, 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 I don't like Chevy Chase as a person, but I do appreciate his observational uh, improvis- improvisation. Ob- observational improv is huge. He's with, pretty with funny. Chevy. He is. He can't. He can be. He can be. Yeah. But, but yeah. When he was driving past those like hicks in the town in the beginning of the movie, and he was just like, "Sell pork, buy yeah, something buy else. gold." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> "Sell pork belly, buy gold." I was like, that's a funny joke. I would laugh at that joke if I was riding in that. Heard he say, uh, "No, what's he say?" The first joke in the in the very beginning of the movie: "110 and ten minutes to go, ten blocks to New York. The best thing a one-eyed immigrant can do these days." <laughs> like what? <laughs> okay, I like it. Adam, uh, what worked for you? What didn't? Uh, John Candy works for me in this movie. Uh, I feel like, you know, he's kind of a... He was subtle. He's buried. He's buried within yeah. the film, but uh, I do like John Candy. I will, like, if there's a movie on and John Candy's in it, I will watch it. I don't um, I don't know if I want to say he's bur- b- buried because uh, the, 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 the female is, version of... he's actually dead. Sh- shut up. <laughs> shut up. Because the female version of John Candy is is very present in the film, albeit with no lines. Um, but yeah, yeah, like like you said, his male the male counterpart uh, uh, version in in this movie is, is oh, yeah. utilized. You get the female John Candy or whatever, and like yeah, that's that's good for a thing. And I'm just happy to see him come out the other side of it with uh, the Brazilian heirs. Yeah, um, that's the whole storyline was so stupid. <laughs> how he gets bribed by the Brazilians to to leave the world behind. I thought that was great. I thought it was pretty dumb. 
well, he just needs a vacation, man. Like, I, I get that. Like, the Brazilian you know, should have died. Do... <laughs> yeah, I agree. What do you I bet agree. that that was the, the thing they changed? Some they're like rated R from PG-13. They're like, we can't do this death scene that you did for the Brazilians. Dan like, Eckridge, like, pitching a murder rape scene <laughs> yeah. with the Brazilians. <laughs> it's like... Tough to watch. Yeah, it's like it's like showgirls. Tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And then uh, they're like, "Well, let's just send him back to Brazil." Even though uh, Taylor Negron, his accent was horrendous. It, it had more Cuba vibes uh, to me. The whole the whole uh, line when they're about to jump in the river, like we can, oh, it smells like Sao Paulo. And then, and then when they're about to cross, they go, uh, they go, uh, "You smell that? You smell that, sister?" He's toxic. <laughs> it's very good, very good. I love the improv. Don't like the accent. They were funny, and they were, and of course, they uh, Brazil is Portuguese, so they just speak Spanish. They the whole just time. speak Spanish the entire time. Yeah, it's so. great. I mean, it is a Portuguese. It was country, 1991, so guys. People weren't cultured. Okay. Oh, okay, All okay. Right. Brazil is uh, down in Latin America. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm in agreement. Like for the most part, like yeah, I, I think John Candy was subtle. I like that, and. uh I like the playfulness of the film, but, you know, I feel like, again, it gets so convoluted or lost in itself that it's just like, and without like a full commitment to like one way or the other, it's just kind of like, ah, you know, maybe you guys should have picked something and stuck with it. So. Yeah, that would be your uh, next, next category. Uh, How would you fix it? Make it fresh there, buddy boy. Make it fresh. Make it fresh. Um, uh, I feel like less characters. I don't think you need like uh, like I feel like again it's like this the movie's like kind of like a bunch of set pieces, right? Like why are the like nuclear mutants in this film? Yeah, like you know, <laughs> yeah. as charming as they are, uh, and, and no coal produce uh, genetic birth defects. <laughs> yeah, and you're getting introduced to them at about like sixty five percent of the way through the movie, too. right? Like underutilized you know? uh, genetic monsters. What if what I? Yeah, so. I sk- we skipped a category. I skipped a category. Replace a character with an animal. I think that those guys are primed to be replaced with an animal that you don't have to really look at during the movie. Like what? Like anything else. <laughs> well, there's a vulture on the cover. I didn't even see a vulture in the movie. Yeah. Well, the vulture is just like a, it's just like a trope. It's like a sure. It's not. It's don't. It doesn't fall into the school of Chekhov, if you would. <laughs> Fair enough. But then uh, if you, d- I mean, if you did have to repla- replace anything in this movie with an animal, um, I want, can we just have the mutant babies just be giant like rocket raccoons or something like talking animals? Yeah. there needs- I'd rather have that. We're missing like a talking animal element in this movie for sure. There yeah. is a talking animal. There's a fucking parrot in the movie. <laughs> but the parrot is when it's not really parrot? a talking animal. That's like a mim- that's a mimicking creature. I don't know. Okay. I just read I just read a thing about Puerto Rican parrot parrots. What about Puerto Rican parrots? They, they have cut own, you in your sleep. They can understand English, man. They can understand the language. They in Puerto ha- Rico? Yeah, they got a they got a grasp of what's well, they going should, on. Because they're a part of America. They're American territory. Of course they should understand English. No, they understand English and Spanish and other Puerto Rican parrot. But they're actually uh, on the endangered list, so yeah, maybe not, their language oh has gone. Sounds down. like they're fully functioning parrots, and you're really upselling Puerto Rican parrots. Here. I don't know. I really, I just read a sci-fi book, so I don't know if any of that's true. Oh yeah, you're reading that that book. Great. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I had to make it fresh, um, th- this should be this shouldn't be a, a Netflix reboot. Now I feel like Netflix should 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 reach out to a famous comedian filmmaker and just say, hey, remake this film. 
put Dan Aykroyd in it if you want. Put him as a console if you want. You don't have to. But th- this is this is this is a solid Netflix movie. If if this was released today, if he made it today, it would do first of all a lot better because of, he's had some time to think about it. But also because uh, <laughs> <laughs> also it'd be it would be good. Uh, You'd have to go hard. You go hard. You go TVMA. Hard R. <laughs> you go TVMA, and you just go for it. Just especially Dan Aykroyd with the wheels off now. Even back then, uh, he'd break aliens in. Oh yeah, this shit's gonna be wild. Aliens and specters. Like might as well just go immediately for the cr- that uh, specific crowd. That's how you make it fresh. I, I, I trivia we didn't mention. He offered it to John Hughes and John Hughes to direct, and John Hughes doesn't direct anything he doesn't write. I never knew that. So uh, I think he ended up directing something he didn't write. But if John Hughes wrote and directed this movie, it could be very good. But he had like Dan Aykroyd's like influence yeah. producing and acting in it. So Dan Aykroyd's still like the same characters, but with like more of a guy with a vision, like John Hughes. Then you go from there. I think I think that's a good movie. It's something, it's something. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's anything, but it's something. It might be more teenagers involved. That'd be the only issue. Yeah, it'd be teen 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 beat. <laughs> yeah, teen beat. Uh, Adam, any any other any other ideas? No, no, none whatsoever. I like uh, what you guys had to say in terms of like rebooting it on Netflix, and uh, you know, I should I didn't even know the John Hughes thing. Like that's that's pretty interesting. Also, uh, another John fact: John Landis was approached to direct this film. He read the script and hated it, so said <laughs> no. <laughs> this is probably a really bad script. Dan Aykroyd was it wasn't just, ideal. Dan Aykroyd he he did a heat check. Heat check. I'm Dan Aykroyd. I can make whatever I want. After driving Miss Daisy and After, both Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I, I'm telling you, man, he lost the bet to his brother. <laughs> that's what happened. They were like they had they probably had a bunch of weight on them. They were probably fucking keyed up and like and like Dang. they got pulled over by some like middle of nowhere. There's like I can talk us out of this. That has to, <laughs> and then that's how the only thing that makes sense. If you post that on IMDb trivia, I will go and say personally that that was interesting and I think I'm it's gonna true. Do this. It was I'm Dan Aykroyd. Include it in this Wikipedia. <laughs> it's Dan and Peter Aykroyd, and guess who was driving the car? Tim Allen. Boom, boom. I mean, why wouldn't? Oh, sixty-nine, dudes. And now it's time for the top five. Top five. Top five. We're going to do uh, movies where actors played multiple roles. There's a lot. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of those movies. So so before we before we even we, start, should we count uh, movies where the actors are playing brothers or siblings or something like that? I say no. Yeah, just go for gender, mostly gender bending. Gender, age. I'm thinking mostly gender, age, or completely different character. Lineage. Yeah, characters. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what do you say? I mean, you guys told like Nick texted me about this, and it was like, like three different roles. I'm like, you realize how limited that is, but like, I feel like we should just keep it to two different. Yeah, roles. two different That's roles. Okay, That's, two different I, roles. I, I actually missed. So actually we're throwing missed. out Cloud Atlas already. <laughs> That's like five I mean, roles. I mean, it can be five roles. It can be multiple. Yeah, at roles, least two but, roles, though. But yeah. at least. Two. Oh, at least like two. That, okay, yeah, okay. That's, so that's where I was at with it. So I'm not at least it. one other role. It has to be at least two other roles. I got it. That's that's a well, good. Well, no, it could just be. Yeah, I mean, no, it could be anything. Just, just two parts. 
Yeah, two parts. Okay. Two parts. Yeah. I like that. Okay. All right. So okay. And, so we got a lot of yeah. movies still in effect here. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of movies to choose from. Absolutely. So wait, so do we do we t- do we keep in or take out adaptation? Adaptation would count. But it's two brothers. Twin brothers. Yeah, and he looks exactly the same. See that's But they're fake brothers. But they're but are they? But they're full uh But the, are they actually brothers in the film or is it just a figment yeah, of his imagination? No, they're brothers. But he gets killed. One of the brothers gets killed. Oh yeah, you're right. But uh, it's not a real. But it's not a real story. I've never thought of that part of that movie, <laughs> to be honest. And now I feel like I might need <laughs> to think about crisis. that part of the movie. Uh, we're leaving it in. Um, so here's my list. So so here's my list. But correct me if I'm wrong. We have Cloud Atlas, Face Off, Nutty Professor, Mars Attacks, Austin Powers, Coming to America, Back to the Future par- Parts Two and Three, I guess. Uh, Pink Panther, Monty Python. I do uh, or adaptation the island. Django Unchained, Spaceballs, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the movie called Manifesto with Kate Blanchett, and no then idea. and then Jack and Jill. Uh, Manifesto uh, being um, the that's the Kate Blanchett movie where she does where she does a bunch of like soliloquies, but she's like different people the entire time. No, yeah, fuck I, that. I, that's yeah. why I put a question mark on. it. We'll take it out. I just like Kate there's, Blanchett. There's more movies, but uh, oh, that's a good list. Yeah. That's the list. I mean, if you have one, Adam, by all means, add it into your add it into your list. We're gonna do no particular order. Do you want to do? Do you want to do five five through one drafted? I say uh, I say no particular. That's my vote. I always my vote. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm fine with uh, no particular. Is this like you know what am I? Do I have to add any or like? What, if you what have any that I left list? off that list, by all means, add it, and then we'll, we we can discuss. But I have yeah, my those five. are suggestions. If you have okay, other ones, uh, go with those. I, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Multiplicity. Ooh, <laughs> multiplicity. Wow. That should be in there. Yeah. Uh, like, that's, like, great. And, like, it's kind of, like, it bends the rules a little bit. But I think multiplicity should be in there. No, I count it. Because it's clones. It's 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 not brothers. And it's different roles. Because yeah. it's different yeah. versions of, of the dude's self. Wow, I haven't seen that movie in forever. Is that under 25%? No. Multiplicity is... It's a good movie. Of course it isn't. It's a great movie. It has Michael Keaton in it. Wait. (laughs) No way. You trying to tell me that Mouse Hunt is not your (laughs) your favorite movie of all time? No, no. It's definitely multiplicity. Just because it's Michael Keaton. (laughs) I love it. Pittsburgh native. Yeah. Pittsburgh native. Oh, Michael Keaton, Annie McDowell. McDowell. She's from southern Pittsburgh. Southern. I'm from the real rotten radio. I'm from the south. It's uh, 43. Shit. Not not quite. Damn it. Not quite close enough. That's a pretty good movie. Um, Nick? I will go with. Is it a thing? I'm going adaptation because it's the first on my brain now that we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, it's fresh on the brain. If that's that's allowed, then I'm for sure going with that. I'll count it because it's different. It's not your typical brother story because it's a brother book story slash. Fiction slash he's not really its brother. It's just it's is is super ego. Yeah. Well, how's this for a mind bender too? What about the prestige? Because no. You Chris, well, you have Christian Bale <laughs> playing two brothers, right? But yeah. you also have Hugh Jackman playing two Hugh Jackmans. But he's not two Hugh Jackmans. He's he's he is. No, he's no he's a literal <laughs> he's a literal copy. It's not like multiplicity where you have variances. He is literally the same person. Just no. Just I, like I'm talking Xeroxed. about before he figures out how to make the copies. Because like he he hires the drunk to perform for him. Yeah, and the drunk played two different drunks too. Yeah, but the drunk was only in it for one scene. <laughs> He's in it for a few scenes. He's there for a minute. Mm. He's there for like you know a good ten minutes. I would say. 
I but, just think uh, of him more as the twin brother, the twin brother old switcheroo. Well, of course, everybody thinks about the like Christian Bale thing. That's fine. What about Nick Cage and Face Off? I put Face Off on the list. All right, good. All that right, counts. cool. Just, that needs to happen. And how have we not talked about Mike Myers and Austin Powers? Look, we're it's, it, we're talking about it in no particular order here. I brought up Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, we I, can right, talk good, about good, it once good, we bring good, it up. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I chose. Good, good, I chose. Cut my, all this out, Kyle. My number five was. Uh, yeah, what's your number adaptation? Five? Yeah, it's your number five. A was very adaptation. good movie. Right. Not the best of the, you know. Well, we said no particular order, but. <laughs> Wait, one yes. more question. I know. I'm sorry. I'm like talking in a particular order here, but did we talk about Let's, Peter Sellers at all? I brought up the Pink Panther, so we will bring it up. I promise. <laughs> okay. I all promise. Right. We'll bring up Peter all Sellers. Right. We'll bring up Alec Guinness. We'll bring up all the famous British actors who play multiple roles. <laughs> okay, that's all I wanted. I was more about Strange Love though than Pink Panther. <laughs> Personally. God damn son of a bitch. <laughs> Number five for me. Um, I'm going to give it to Back to the Future. We're in a particular order now. Yeah. Yeah. So Back okay. to the Future. Yeah. We're back in a particular. We're back Good. to the particular order. I think order. we have to take a stand sometimes. <laughs> We've got to put things in a ranked order. Like how, like how humans want them. Fine. Back to the Future. And robots. Back to the Future is part two and two and three. I liked it. Um, I wanted more of it. Like it was cool to see uh, Michael J. Fox as him, as Marty, older Marty, and Marty Junior. But I wanted like I wanted like maybe like Android. Marty Senior. Yeah, no, <laughs> like a, like Android, like Android Marty, or or if we're do, if we're doing like my favorite thing about both those mo- all those movies is that Doc Brown always looked the same. Looked the same. He was always just old man. Yeah. No matter what age yeah. you go to, Doc Brown is old man. He's forever. I think that's my biggest gripe is that you didn't have no variants on Doc Brown. <laughs> what? That's why I left it at number five. What's your number four, Adam? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've lost track of the list at this point. But, like, I'm just going to, like, say a movie. Yeah, like, just we vibe. talked about androids. Just and, vibe. like, you know, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. You, know, yeah. you get, like, you know, Robot Bill and Robot Ted. I like, like it. You know? So, like, uh, it is Keanu of, doing, like, two vibes, different roles. Sure. Dude, yeah. Speaking of Have which, you watched the uh, new one yet? There one, but... uh have, have either you guys? I'm watched? not. I want to see it. I'm yeah. really excited for it. I have. I've actually either. heard that it was. It's great. It, well, I heard this from two guys who bought it the very first day it came out because they love Bill and Ted. They both said it was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, hear I it's mean, great. it was. It was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Um, no, but de- definitely. Speaking of which, I just watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure over the weekend. Still oh wow! Up. Still, and yeah, Jesse had never seen it. There's only one bad gay joke in it, but that's it. Yeah, <laughs> good movie. Um, we, that's great. No, I I like that so choice. Crates, I love me. I love me some Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Wow, uh, yeah, underappreciated sequel. Nick four. Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor. Wow. No, that should be higher because it's just so good. It's uh, out there. I'm gonna go. I'll go another Nick Cage. I'll go face off. Face That's off. Four. There you go. You're a Nick. You're a Nick Cage list. Yeah, you better Nick start Cage. looking up his other roles. <laughs> if if Nick Cage has played two characters in less than five movies, I would be shocked. No, I wouldn't be shocked. He should. He should be. In yeah. Four. There's no way. Uh, face off. Great choice. No, the, the, it's the greatest choice because John Travolta acting like Nick Nick Cage and Nick Cage acting like John Travolta. They pretty much are acting like. Does like that themselves. really count though? Oh, they're not going at the same time. They are. Okay, cool. No, it counts. Yeah, yeah, because they're pr- trying to pretend to be each other, and they're so bad at pretending to be each other. It's great. 
That's why. That's why. So I it's like two it. characters at the same time, but they're, they're yeah. different enough. Two bad caricatures of each other. Yeah. Man, I would have loved to be on that set just to see them work together and yeah, try to copy each other's mannerisms. Those movies <laughs> where they're like people, like uh, Glenn 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 Ross, other actors, all those powerhouse guys, they'd show up off days to like see other people perform yeah. they're like that's the glenn gary glenn ross of our uh our Absolutely. generation is uh <laughs> see nick cage throwing Face heat off. with john Wu saying we need more pigeons <laughs> and explosions <laughs> number four for <laughs> number four for me uh i'm gonna give it to Spaceballs. it's a simple it's a simple double role but it's uh it's a it's a callback to the blazing saddles role that he played as well as the the parody of Yoda, it's Mel Brooks playing the uh, playing this playing the supreme leader and um, yogurt, uh, the Yoda <laughs> knockoff of Spaceballs, where all he's while well, all he's doing is selling uh, Spaceballs merchandise the entire time during the movie. Uh, really enjoyed that movie. Uh, really enjoy uh, that dual role that Mel Brooks played, and uh, yeah, it's classic comedy. Adam, we're on the third. Yeah. Uh, my number three, uh, again, like I, I don't even like have a list. I just like wrote movies down that I like. And so I'm going to go with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the last action hero. Ooh, last action hero. So he plays himself himself, but he plays that the, the detective, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How, how long is he playing himself for in the film? I thought he was only the guy, the last action hero. No, but he's also himself. Like you know, he's if you figure like it's Arnold Schwarzenegger being Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> but it's also Arnold Schwarzenegger being this this like guy, right? This last action hero fellow. Hmm. Um, hmm. Uh, hey, I think it counts. That's all I'm gonna say because I mean, the, the whole we end did set of the, the rules. Movie, the rules already. Yeah, we did. It's within like, the boundary. Explain yourself. It fits. It totally fits because, like, you know, the last action hero. So, like, he's like primarily like this fictional character for the most of the film, right? But at the same time, like, he's also real life Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, you know, so he's Jack Slater, but then he's also Arnold Schwarzenegger, the man who plays Jack Slater. <laughs> but so, is he, is he like saying during the movie, like, I hope we finish this earlier so I can go make love to Maria? Like, <laughs> no, I don't think is, so. But no, he isn't like he plays like a wussified version of Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I absolutely love. Like he's like, oh, don't hurt me. <laughs> like kind of deal. What's so. the last action hero rated? Please tell me it's under 50. No, it's it's pretty high. No way. It's an amazing movie. I think it's 70s. 38 <laughs> <laughs> percent. Cut out the part where I said I think it's 70s. Do you want lunch? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nick, what's your three? Uh, hey, man. What? Burger King released cups for that movie. <laughs> so is Batman Forever. You don't see me scrambling to vouch for Batman Forever. I love Batman Forever. No, you don't, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> In different ways. Nick, All right, Dick, your... you're number three. I'm yeah. done. Number three. Yeah. I'm going with uh, Cloud Atlas. Read the book. Yeah. Just trying to tell you, y'all. So did I. Everybody out there needs to know that I can read. And, and so there we go. And go figure. We, I'm here to say it, and they can agree with me. Book was better. <laughs> I, but I love Tom <laughs> Hanks and Halle Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Halle Berry. I'm one of those guys. I can just love both Tom Hanks and Halle Berry, even though they're both they're both A's. You know, they're both stars. Like, People are like, how can you have more than one star? It's like choosing between your kids. You can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. 
Uh, I agree. I agree. Great movie. Um, I'm going to put it at my number three t- uh, uh, as well. Wow. Couldn't agree incredible. more. Incredible. Because uh, I speak the true true. Sometimes big true uh, true smaller than uh, little true true. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, what do you think about that? Number two, Adam. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, again, like, I'm just going to continue with my theme of, like, not even using the list and just <laughs> what I wrote down. <laughs> I'm no... going to go with Terry Gilliam in Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail. Oh, what was his multiple roles? Because I know he was the squire. And then what? He's the squire. He's, like, he in a rabbit? bunch of, yeah, he's in a bunch of other, like, you know, small bit parts. Like, he's okay. a, uh, he's a peasant. He's, like, all over the place. But really, I mean, like, why don't you even, like, just, like, single it out to one Python member? We just could say just Holy say, Grail. Yeah. Yeah, just say the the whole Python cast. They're all doing different roles yep. throughout that film. Throughout and, all the uh, films, like Life of Brian, yeah. uh, Meaning of Life, yeah. they're all doing those multiple roles. So, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's that's a great choice. Um, that's why I put Monty Python itself on, on the list, because you can't, you can't like, pigeonhole one one movie. They're all, they're all great because you know they're all going to be multiple roles in every movie that they did. Absolutely. So there it is. That's my number two. I like it. Naughty Professor. Wow, you finally did it. Yeah, Eddie Murphy. That might have been one of my first... uh, That might have been my first live memory in my head about an actor playing different roles was probably Nutty Professor, where I saw that movie and I was like, oh, shit, the game has changed. (laughs) Even though it was the remake of... uh, (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, Eddie Murphy. But he played, like, six different roles instead of just two. Yeah, people still do the Hercules. Just, like, the the amount of... That dinner table scene is iconic. Very iconic. Yeah, that and Nothing But Trouble... And the moonlight scene where they're like looking at each other over a diner at the at the end of the movie. Top three, top three scenes of all time, scenes or dining sequences <laughs> of all time. Yep, yep, yep. Not sex lies and videotape. Uh, sorry, that's a callback. Um, yeah, no, that's a good choice. Number two, that's your number two. Yeah, my number two. I'm gonna have to say, man. Jack and Jill, Adam Sandler. Really want to. Man, woman. Really want to, but I'm going to have to give it to not Nutty Professor, but another Eddie Murphy vehicle coming to America. So Eddie Murphy plays like three or four different roles, but this was the first time other than SNL where you see him play multiple roles and and play a white person, (laughs) which was really great as an old Jewish man. Uh, and uh, him as him as sexual chocolate, and him as the old uh, barber barberman, and as Prince Akeem. Like, there's nothing wrong with any of those roles, any of them. They're all spectacular, especially the outtakes. Yeah, it takes something to have all three of those roles be iconic in their own way too. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. every time you're like, man, who is that? Every time you see them see him do all three parts, and you're like, it's the same guy. He I beat mean. Joe Lewis's ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh adam we're down to the numero uno yeah i mean i feel like i've uh kind of confused my way through this whole thing but I- i'm gonna say mike myers actually he's awesome. gonna get my top that's, that's my number one too wow. he's gonna get my top take just in the Fuck! sense that like <laughs> yeah i mean come on now i mean it's uh, again i i cannot remember 
like oh man like that eddie murphy nutty professor scene and even like coming to america like the like all of those scenes like like busting a gut laughing but uh, they paved the way for mike myers to do it absolutely absolutely but like mike myers in terms of just like that weird versatility yeah um You know, and again, like the whole Scottish character, like he did it in So I Married Him an Axe Murder. That's what I wanted to bring up. That's his honorable yeah. mention role is him as his dad. Yeah. And like, so like, you know, the whole Scottish thing, but like even still, like, you know, he's capable of acting. Like he does it in Inglorious Bastards yep. as uh, the lieutenant. And, um, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, like Gold Member is like the pinnacle of cinema yeah. in terms of that, just in. You got all of this like weird ass shit going on in that movie, <laughs> and uh, it's great. So that that's you know Mike Myers, yeah. doing all the roles. Yeah, and like uh, that's like the third movie too, and it was still right something that <laughs> just like sticks out all the time. I just see the cover in my head. The movie's not anybody's... memorable, but but the c- scenes in the movie are. You know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like the certain sequence, like smoking a pancake, or or would you like to eat some shit? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> who was who was Austin Powers in the fake remake? Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah. And was it Nicole Kidman who was the? No, it wasn't. Who no. was the woman? I don't. It doesn't matter. What's your number one, Stephen? Okay, but before I get into my number one, I do have to call out the honorable mentions that Adam uh, Adam had called out. So I will call out Peter Sellers for his uh, notorious roles at, in The Pink Panther, The Mouse That Roared, as well as, of course, Dr. Strangelove or How I Stopped Worrying and Love the Bomb, uh, where he plays multiple roles. He, is no, he was known for that, as well as Alec Guinness, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi, was nominated for an Oscar for playing um, a role in a film. I don't know the year, and we don't have the fat corner, so it doesn't matter. But the title of the film was Kind Hearts and Coronets, as British as it comes, and he played nine <laughs> roles in the film as descendants of a, of a, of a dukedom in, in, in Victorian England. Yeah. Nine roles, including female. Including female. I would never watch a movie called Kind Hearts and Coronets, though. Yeah. That, they need to name it Nothing But Trouble. See, <laughs> this is where they fucked up. My my number one, I agree though, is is, is Austin Powers. Uh, Doctor Evil is an iconic role in in so many ways, more so than Austin Powers, I think. Yeah, and both where maybe you're dumb enough to not realize that they're uh, both the same guy. Let me shout out Jay and Silent Bob for Ben Affleck playing multiple roles as well as Matt Damon, <laughs> <laughs> just playing themselves and then playing their their uh, Goodwill Hunting counterparts. And now we're going to do our game. Same title, different movie. We're going to pitch a movie called Nothing But Trouble. Adam, do you have your idea? Um, if not, uh, I, can, I can go and give you some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Five kids on an adventure. You know how they go. And... Uh, they're all they're all driving out of state together, and uh, they they do get stuck on the highway in a place where they don't get service and uh, they don't know where to go. It's a road that they they somehow found and just can't find their way back from. It's actually a state that exists inside of the United States. It's a small state. It's called Trouble. And in this state, they nothing but it. There ain't nothing but it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There's no, yeah, there's a no rules thing to it. You know, it's, it's a good, uh, it's, it's scary. 
They got they got no. It's it's like a, you know how, what's these Jefferson? It's like Jefferson City people in California. Oh, state of Jefferson. State free of Jefferson. State, free yeah. state of Jefferson. It's like the free state of Jefferson. Oh, they're free. like they're like separatists. Yeah, okay. they're like in the middle of nowhere. I see what you're saying. Like hills have eyes meets. Yeah, I love trouble. <laughs> or nothing but trouble. Yeah, there's a mansion involved. Yeah, nothing but nothing but. Um, Stephen, do you have yours? Yeah, I mean, I just spoiled it, but I'll go right ahead. Um, it's uh, you have uh, two competing uh, 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 newspaper reporters. Uh, you have a young and ambitious one. Um, but then you have a fading star um, who wants to actually be a fictional writer. Roger Ebert. Uh, they were they they reluctantly have to join forces though to uh, unravel a mystery. It's behind a accidental train derailment that they don't think was no accident. Uh, and they're arguing the entire time through the movie and who actually did it. And they're trying to discover a conspiracy involving a genetically altered milk. <laughs> Nothing but trouble, also known as the 1994 American romantic comedy crime film I Love Trouble, starring Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte, <laughs> which is a future contender, by the way, because it is 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's my pitch. It's just nothing but trouble, and I love trouble. I just confuse the titles all the time. So I just think that they're the same movie. You know, I was I was in, and then I was really so in. far in that I I have nowhere else to go. I couldn't pull out. Yeah, <laughs> you got tractor beamed. Yep. What what do you what do you think there, uh, Adam? We gave you two stellar examples. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I'm just gonna kind of wing it and yep. phone it in here. Um, so uh, my pitch is it's uh, it, it's an election year, and um, you know uh, you know you have two candidates running, and um, you, you know it's uh, America's in dire straits, uh, much like it is right now. Right. Like, so, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, where you're at with it. Um, and, uh, you know, we're taking on a more nationalist, uh, perspective and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we, we elect the, the dumb one and there you go. So sounds, uh, sounds, oh, it sounds like a documentary. Sounds like yeah. nothing but trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah. It sounds yeah. like, so, uh, so, so, Dinesh D'Souza so, documentary. Yeah, so there you go. I, I again, not much thought, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just you know, nothing but Trumple. Yeah. Oh man, there you go. I like that. Yeah, I see a fictionalized beginning of the movie, maybe where everybody calls him Trouble. Maybe that. Maybe that's the movie. You remake it like. 15 years from now and it doesn't take place in in like Pennsylvania it takes place like in uh uh Atlantic Coast Florida yeah and it's Mar-a-Lago Resort and the people get pulled over and the the local justice of the peace is Trump but it's <laughs> but he's not a justice of the peace people just think they just make him pretend he is yeah they because he like, wants power yeah Trumpavania is yeah, what Trumpavania yeah. and then he's uh he's actually under house arrest for all the crimes he committed while in the White House that's the twist and it's directed by Al Gore. Oh no, no, directed by Rob Reiner. That's that's like his wet dream. Before that, yeah, sure. Yeah. Rob Reiner yeah. is way too liberal to do that movie. Oh, he'd love it. <laughs> I want to make him the biggest monster of all time. Uh, go ahead, man. Final thoughts. Do you have any final thoughts about this film? My final thought is weird, but okay. Can't wait to see it again next year and review it on <laughs> Real Rotten. Do it again. We're going to do it, it again. Run it back. Yeah, when we run out of Halloween movies, we're going to do this again, guaranteed. Yeah, it really feels like it. It feels like we're kind of haunted. Because we have to see the, uh, the uncut version. Are we Are we a Nothing But Trouble <laughs> podcast? I don't know if we're there yet. Maybe <laughs> maybe by year three we'll get to In the, regards to Spooktober, there's nothing more Spooktober real rotten-wise than Nothing But Trouble. Yeah. Adam? Final thoughts. 
Uh, it was a pleasure being on again, gentlemen. Of course. Uh, I, I use the term loosely, but uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, What's I the love, next uh, police-related movie we can bring <laughs> <No>. you on? <laughs> I just love uh, coming on and talking to you guys about films. You, you're, you guys are well-read in spite of your subject matter. So, and uh, that's lovely. Well-read for the Reeve. Well, we have a question for you. Is this movie better than The Big Green? Have you seen The Big Green? I've seen The Big Green. Oh, my God. That was like my 12th birthday party movie. <laughs> no way. I shit you not. Like, I went to go see The Big Green with a group of friends. Uh, Fantastic you know, film. Like, did you, so uh, did you, like, were you a snob not, back not then? Hang were you, on. Were hang you on. A, when, did the, when did The Big Green come out? 95? So how old was I? I was eight. So it was my eighth birthday party. So there you go. When was we went to go see the big green. I love that the kid in from yeah, uh, son-in-law and the, the Sandlot is oh, yeah. uh, in it. Like, <laughs> oh, you're he's right. Great. And would you be surprised that like it's a story about immigration? Yeah. Hi, I'm Larry. We love that part. About it took, it. We were we reviewed yeah. this movie right when uh, the whole uh, immigration uh, uproar was going on. Yeah, it's it still going on it's in this a, administration. It's got a zero percent. On uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. So, so this being it's amazing. So nothing but trouble being five percent. <laughs> is this better than the Big Green? Is the Big Green secretly better than this five percent movie? I mean, the Big Green doesn't have a house that kills people. In yeah. It, so I mean, it like has that, Gutenberg for me. Yeah. Well, I, oh man, you're right. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's, I mean, like he's a lady post- killer already. <laughs> It's post like '80s Gutenberg though, and so like True. post '80s Gutenberg, he's a nice guy and all, but he's just not as much of a heartthrob. He's very bloated, very bloated in '95. Yeah, deputy oh, he's Dale. He's playing a lawman. Shit'll buff out. <laughs> uh, I say it is not better than the Big. Green. Not better. Big Green's better of a movie. I say maybe. I say maybe strictly based on the fact that it's PG-13. And you have damn Yankee singing uh, Mr. Bone Stripper during the sequence where everybody gets murdered. (laughs) Uh, Re-rate it. What's your percentage, Adam? I say 47%, like the audience score. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I'd throw it in the 30s. Nice. Like 30s, 40s, 30s, 40s. It's not a rotten movie. It's not a rotten movie when you think about it. I think it's a rotten movie. Really? Uh, 24 just barely. You're yeah. you're just being a, a contrarian. I'm just keeping point. it at the top. Yeah, just you're trying it. to keep that average lease. Yeah. So I feel like be. this movie would have never been made had Dan Aykroyd and his brother not been pulled over. In this that movie one doesn't now. make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't, <laughs> but that's the point. Is like dumb comedic movies don't make that much sense. Have you ever... Have you ever seen Strange Wilderness? <laughs> yes. Okay. 100%. That's all I got to say. Uh, re-rate. Uh, we did that. Where's your blurb? Where's your blurb? Nothing but trouble gave me nothing but anxiety. <laughs> Did it? Did it really? I don't know. It just fit too well for me to not say that. Oh, great. Because that's right. I, I just started going <laughs> here. For is a room I just jokes. said uh, the, the rule to the blurb with these types of movies is you say nothing but trouble, and then you then you do the the joke. Serenity now. Adam, do you have one? Um, nothing but trouble. Tupac's in it. <laughs> that's fair. That should be the tagline too. Tupac. That'll get it. people to watch it. I mean, I can't tell you how many YouTube comments on the on the music video part of this on YouTube when you're like song and and they sing same. Like every every comment is like, man, Tupac, man, Damn, Tupac, R.I.P. <laughs> he was so young before he got caught up in that bullshit. Caught up in that bullshit by the LAPD. <laughs> That's like every comment on it. It's really great. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> My blurb is, uh, where's the reboot, Jonah Hill? I know you're trying to make it, so just make it. I'm waiting for it. Is he? Is that a fact? <laughs> I don't know. It should be Jonah Hill or like Adam Sandler if it's going to be like a Netflix movie. Adam Sandler as the judge, that'd be pretty good. That I would agree. No, it I automatically Sandman. puts it into crazy territory. Good crazy. Yeah, yeah. It has to be just Hugh, the, yeah, the next Netflix movie he does. <laughs> He'd probably be a, that might not be that bad of an idea. Hey, your whole how here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam Sandler's like the spiritual successor of Dan Aykroyd. He's like succeeded everywhere Dan Aykroyd has failed. Think about it. Yeah, instead instead of believing in uh in a in uh in a bunch of uh in a bunch of specters and aliens, he <laughs> believes in a bunch of other fake bullshit like conservatism, am I right? Uh, hey, don't you talk about our Lord and Savior Adam Sandler on this podcast real like Real recommendations, Nick. What do you got? Um I just listened to a book on tape. Cause does that count as a book read? Cause I'm counting it. I read uh, the power. The power. The power. The power. What is that? Is it self help? No, it's about women getting uh, lightning bolts so- coming out of their palms, and they take over the world a little bit. Pretty modern. Very good. How'd that it happen? Came out how'd, a couple years how'd ago. How to get that power? You have to Fuck, find out. Do Adam, do you have anything to recommend? We want drags. Any- <laughs> <laughs> Adam? Uh, yeah. Shout out to Aaron uh, Rodgers doing the Hingle McCringleberry dance and then getting <laughs> shut out <laughs> by the I got stupid a, idiots. I got, I got one thing to recommend. I actually just watched it the other night. Um, uh, Blood Diner. If you have not seen it, uh, you should go watch Blood Diner. Blood Diamond it. with Leo DiCaprio and <laughs> Jamon Hansu? No, but it's kind of the same storyline. Uh, it's Blood Diner from 1987, as in like you know, a del- like diner delicatessen type thing, like um, something from Philadelphia that no one on the West Coast knows about. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys don't have diners out here. Well, it's a shame. But uh, Blood Diner is pretty solid in terms of like just a shitty 80s flick. And I, I just looked up its Rotten Tomato meter. You guys won't be able to review it because Dang. it's at 57 percent right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But if it gets a couple more negative reviews, it's only been reviewed seven times. You guys might be okay. So who knows? Hmm. Hmm. It's on Hulu. Check it out. It's great. It's is it a slasher film. It is gory. It is slasher, and it's also directed by a woman. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it, it hits all like of it. the '80s B movie benchmarks. There's titties. There's blood. There's grossness, and there's like a storyline that you can't even understand. But it's who else in the car say yeah? I'm in. I thought it, it was a mix of the diner and Blood Diamond, in which case it's people with South African accents Jumon in a Hatsu. diner just chain smoking cigarettes. Uh, immigrates <laughs> to uh, rural New Jersey, <laughs> and his past comes to haunt him. Uh, what Always do you have to recommend? This is Stefan. Uh, Haunting in Bly Manor, the, the second season of the Haunting series by uh, the one and only Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. Uh, the the king of horror as of right now. Horror Spooktob- and suspense. Spooktober is uh, number one man right now. Yeah, absolutely. So the, we're we're gonna uh, we're gonna be posting this uh, podcast at the end of the month. By all means, check this out if you haven't already. This is probably gonna be uh, the October chill of the chill of the year. Oh, the chill of the year. The chill of the year. Oh shit. Yeah. Don't get spooked. It's just the chill of the year. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Is that like that's not like sexual, right? It's scary. No, it's not like Netflix and chill of the year. It's oh, just okay. the chill of the year. Okay, cool. It's gonna give you chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the year. Mm-hmm.
<laughs> anyway, thank you, Adam, for coming on. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Oh, thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate it. Uh, you're, I'll give you the, the official welcome back whenever you want. If you have a movie under 25%, you uh, let us know. Also, anybody, Yeah, absolutely. Also, anybody out there, uh, also let us know. Uh, as we always say, keep it real. And you better stay rotten out there. Uh, yeah. Spook, spook till you drop. Spook till you drop because November's upon us and we all know uh, what the real scare is, having to see your family during a quarantine. Yep, November is, November is vastly approaching. Vastly? Vastly. Kyle, vastly approaching. Vastly That's approaching. That's for the edit. That's for the edit. Further on we go. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Nick. See you later, everybody. Been all around the world. Some films are ripe, some films are rotten We like our potatoes are gratin You ought to film, but you can't even But here comes Nick and Steve And they break it down, they turn it out And when it was over, you wanted to shout I want my money back that was real rotten Real fucking rotten Yeah.